Welcome to an all-new Restoration Today podcast brought to you by DOT. Replace heavy jugs plus get better mold cleaning power with less odor and less product. DOT Cleaner features dilute oxidation technology powered by DOT's patented NT7 molecule. Get a free sample of DOT Mold Stain Cleaner and 20% off your first order at dotcleaner.com. A little does a lot. Hey there, thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today we are talking about something that's pretty timely. We're talking about the Marshall Fire that happened in Boulder um, just recently. So we are talking to Brian Davis, who's the Executive Vice President of National Operations for ATI, and he happens to live in the Denver area. So he's pretty close to where the fires happened in Boulder. I know that ATI has had a lot to do with the commercial restoration side of things and also is helping some on the residential side. So I wanted to bring Brian in to have a conversation about what it looks like in the after of this fire and how much restoration there is to be done, how far the odor damage goes, all of that. So Brian, thank you very much for joining me. So I'm going to toss it over to you and just have you kind of introduce yourself and share your background in the industry. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, thanks. Uh, pleasure to join your call. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. I joined ATI about two and a half years ago, but I've been in the service business for about 27 years. So uh, ATI moved me up here from Arizona about two and a half years ago. So um, in that short period of time, we've watched ATI grow and, and our Denver office has been here for just under 10 years. Okay, perfect. So how close is your Denver office to where the Marshall Fire happened? Our office is about 40 miles away. So, and we received our first call, like I said, it's about 40 miles away to the fire. And that next morning we were out there and, and responding to some national customers. Okay. And with, I'm sure, sure that the fire was still going at that point, right? If you're getting in the next morning, like what did that look like? How close was the fire burning? Were there lines that you had to try to get through to get to your customers? There, there actually were some small lines, but as a first responder, we had the right credentials to get through security and get in through the police officers, let us in through a national customer. Um, we were able to get through and kind of drive the area and make sure they were taken care of and secured. They had some building damage at the hotel. And um, then we were, as we were driving around, you talk about, was it still hot? I have a video sitting in front of a major real retailer that literally lit on fire while we were there. Um, so it, to say it was still hot, absolutely was still hot. Are there things that you have in place where you know that you're sending your teams into these areas where the fire is still going? Like, have you guys trained for stuff like this to make sure people are safe? I know wildfires have been more prevalent. So safety precautions. 100%. So safety is our number one priority. You know, we're at a safety over profit every day. Our goal is to get everybody home the same way they came to work. So absolutely, we have training. So no different than hospitals that go through the emergency response things. We do the same for our staff. So our first responders, I happen to live in Denver. So I was there and I was able to join them in the morning, you know, at oh dark 30 and get up there and everybody was trained. And then as things come in, we have a national response team. And so we're able to bring in more trained people to work with our staff as well. How many calls were you getting initially like that first night and first morning after from your commercial clients? Geez, our commercial clients. I mean, it, 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 the devastation area is huge, right? But most of it's residential. So the main commercial area that was done is kind of a condensed area. So um, we currently have about 12 jobs going right now that are out there anywhere from a, a small commercial building to large hotels, right? So and some large office buildings with smoke damage, but the number of calls on the commercial side was probably 15 to 20. It wasn't that much, um, but obviously on the residential side through time, it doesn't happen right away. Mass devastation. We started getting calls later on as everyone else started to roll in and see if their house was damaged or 
completely gone, most of which were completely gone. So what have you been doing as the residential calls have come in, knowing that your bread and butter kind of is on the commercial side and you are caring for those clients? How have you helped on the residential side of things? So we've got some really good project directors that are from the area. We actually have a couple of our own employees that were up there that were affected by it. So um, we've been working, you know, hand in glove with the local law enforcement and local, you know, politicians, whoever it is, and working with homeowners and State Farm and other insurance agencies and just helping consult the homeowner. It's not an easy thing when you lose everything, right? So we're just there to help them and, and try to help them rebuild and see what it looks like. Did you have any sort of emergency response plans or I know every company has different terms, but ERPs in place with some of your commercial partners. And so that's how they knew to call you. hundred percent. I mean, that's how we got called in. Our first was a national you know, MSA agreement with a, with a large hotel. We were able to get in there. We were able to restore power because power got shut off. We we're actually able to put heat in. So if you remember when it happened, it wasn't that cold. And then like 36 hours later, it was like four degrees, right? So without power, you almost end up like the polar vortex in Texas, right? So when, when the polar vortex happened in Texas, everyone's like, oh, they had all this cold weather. Well, it was cold weather and then you lost the power grid. So if you lose the power grid and you have cold weather, you freeze the pipes, pipes break, right? So um, fortunately for us, we had two customers. We were able to use our vendor partners and, and power up some buildings with power and heat. So they were able to prevent any future damages from, from water. Um, some other buildings who didn't have the ability to do that sustained some water damage afterwards because of broken pipes, right? So yeah. for us getting in on time and, and being able to get in early and have the right vendor partners um, really made a difference for our MSAs. What is the main type of commercial damage look like? Is there structural damage or is it more on the odor, soot, smoke kind of damage? What does that look like? Yeah, it's it's mainly on odor and soot damage. There's some buildings, like we have some two MSAs that come to mind that we have building damage that we'll do the smoke mitigation first and we'll go into the reconstruction piece. But a lot of it is just smoke mitigation, right? There's a lot of smoke and everyone pictures the, the element hotel in a complete blaze, right? That's what everybody saw, right? They got burnt to the ground. But all of those facilities around there, a lot of smoke damage. I can't say enough for the first responders and the, and the fire department. I can tell you they saved so many buildings and so many structures and did everything they could on the residential side as well. But the way they reacted um, saved tons of real estate on the commercial side, no doubt. Were there some ways that ATI was kind of able to partner with or help first responders or your relationships with first responders also helped you get to your clients faster? What did that relationship look like? Yeah, absolutely. So we, because we responded to these a lot, as soon as we got in, we were there actually before the National Guard and then working with the first responders and the, and the police department, the fire department. Um, by the time National Guard got there, we actually had to take one of one of our, our national accounts that we had there. Um, and they have a very, very big presence um, locally. And they wanted to make sure we took care of them as well. So we were able to take a lot of the damaged goods that were sealed from smoke and soot damage. And so to feed them with cases of water and chips, and it actually became a stopping point for all the police and the fire and the National Guard would come by and we were taking care of things inside. But um, absolutely, I don't know if I can name their name. I'd love to name their name, Michelle, but That's I don't right. know if I can on your, you know, but they're, they're amazing. They have a gas station as well. They wanted their gas station open so they can let all the first responders gas their cars up. So we had to get that done. And they're an amazing retailer and they, they just, they did awesome. And they had the amount of volunteers they had for the community and for first responders was great, but that's where we developed some relationships. 
we happened to be there supporting them. Um, we were able to get our trucks in. We brought in three tractor trailers of equipment. Um, we were able to stock one there and a couple other places. Um, but it worked out really well for the first responders. And that's how we got our relationship and able to help them elsewhere. Have you dealt with any um, contents odor removal? Is, has a lot of it been on site? Has there been any that you've needed to take back to ATI facilities or anything to help with removing odor from materials? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you have those soft goods like that, we have a whole contents division that handles that. So hardest thing to get out is smoke, right? So we're absolutely taking a lot of those things, drapes and things like that. We're taking them off, but there are some that are just complete losses, right? And we'll we'll just remove those depending on the insurance. But 100%, we bring all the contents back whenever we can to restore those and get the smoke odor out of them, whether it's clothes, whether it's sheets, whether it's drapes, whatever it is. We have a whole group here locally in Denver at our office that does that. Um, have you had to work with any adjusters or anything on site? Have you run into any snags with those or like, you know, how do you communicate with them and make sure that coverage, sorry, coverage is happening. And I try to put it behind me, but it still makes sound sometimes. Um, how, how do you make sure that they're getting the coverage and the stuff that you're doing is being paid for? Well, you're getting paid for, well, again, on the MSA side, we have our rates. We always work with adjusters, right? We end up, we always end up partnering to make sure we're doing the right thing, right? So, for us doing the right thing isn't to go out and see if we can make a ton of money right away and doing it. We're definitely a for-profit company, but you know, our ATI cares values is structured around taking care of the people first, right? So making sure we help the first responders was first and foremost. Our national accounts and working with adjusters, make sure everyone's okay first, then we go out and we do our job, right? And our job is the insurance industry is heavily regulated, right? So our competitors, we all have similar price structures, if not the same. Mm -hmm. So it's not really an issue. Um, and depending on, you know, it really gets down to deductibles with some of these other companies. Are they self-insured? Are they not self-insured? What's their deductibles? But we have not had any issues getting paid or working with any adjusters or anything like that. So, you know, you said that you had a few employees who were affected by this. What is your kind of internal process when you have employees who are affected? I know that whenever you have something hit close to home, it's pretty likely like when hurricanes hit the East coast or whatever, there's almost always somebody on the team that's yeah. affected. So, you know, how did you, what was your process for making sure that your own team, the ATI team was safe and cared for? So we have an ATI cares program. Every office has an ambassador, right? And then we have our corporate sponsors. So our ATI cares ambassadors in every office here. So locally in Denver, as soon as this happened, our ATI cares team stepped in and started calling people to make sure they were okay. We don't, no matter where they live we were calling all of our employees right and then we find out a couple of them had some damage right um so no, whether it's one of our offices that's a hurricane or a wildfire in california or florida or texas or boston we have a it's our, like you asked earlier i think you know do you have a process and train well one of our training things is why we have people trained to go in we also have people trained check on our people to make sure they're okay right and so that that's just it's kind of like i don't want to call it an easy button michelle but as soon as it happens our CARES ambassadors do an amazing job of taking care of our people. And, and then, you know, after that, we find out they're okay. Once there's damage or something, then we take care of them. Our, we're owned by the Moore family. Mm -hmm. um, the Moores make sure that each and every person that's affected, they reach out to. You'll get a call from any one of the Moores um, just checking on all the employees and if they're okay. And if there is damage, we, you know, send them food, take care of them, put them up in a hotel, move, whatever we have to do to take care of their family. It's not optional. It's something we do. Have you run into any unique challenges with this fire that you maybe haven't run into with other commercial fires or are unique to circumstances like the Marshall fire? 
I think the most unique thing for the Marshall Fire was the fact is how fast it went, right? So I had the unique experience of meeting the police officer who was on CNN at a major retailer who happened to be one of our customers, right? And he was it, it was moving that fast. So I think what was shocking to me in going into that retailer was there was still shopping carts lined up with food in it, right? Like it was it was coming that fast. So I think the unique, the uniqueness for the Marshall fires from our perspective was how quickly they actually came in. Right. And people just had to do a a mass exodus. Right. Um, Again, and I'll talk about the first responders, how quickly that came in and how quickly they were able to handle it. It just speaks, you know, volumes to our first responders and firefighters and police officers and how many lives were saved. So the uniqueness was how fast it came in. We deal with fires all the time. We deal with smoke all the time, right? So, like, there wasn't really anything unique about that. It was just how fast that fire went was just amazing, astonishing, actually. So I heard this is kind of like a random note. I heard that some people in the residential areas found animals in their pools. Have you heard that? Like, animals ended up maybe trying to cool off. I don't know, but people were finding animals in their pools. It's a totally random comment. Oh, yeah, well, no, it's not, a random, it's not a random comment. We deal with a lot of fires in California, too. So anytime they happen and you've got, whether it be wild animals or domesticated animals, it's, you know, they're animals. They know how to react. And if they're hot, they go to water, right? So if they can get there, they do. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories of things being saved or animals being saved from doing the right thing because it's their instinct. But there's also the tragic ones where they might not have been able to go into the water and, you know, maybe didn't make it out, right? Yep. But uh, we don't want to focus on those. No. Do you have kind of a triage process or anything when all of these calls are starting to come in when there's a big wave or a fire like this, a cat of some extent, like where you're triaging out the calls and you know which calls going where and there are priorities and stuff like that? What is the ATI process like for that? 100 percent. We again, it's not an easy button because it's not easy, but we definitely train for it. Right. So we have our call center that handles the calls. We immediately go into a cat response or a large loss response. So we have people from all over the country that are supporting that event. So we have all the logistics for the trailers and the national team and the training teams that are coming out, making sure our vendor suppliers are getting everything in line, making sure that we have, we flew out a safety person to make sure everybody's safe. All of those things happen. And then we're having periodic conference calls or because of COVID now we're all in Zoom days, right? So we're having all these Zooms, but we have very specific guidelines for our Jerry Selak, our vice president of National Response Service, and he knows how to work with Mike Adawia from HR, and we all get in these calls, and then the sales team with Ryan Moore leading that team, and everyone comes together, and uh, who's where, what, when, why, how, um, and absolutely, again, they call it an easy button, but it's a lot of hard work, it's what we do, um, so we just kind of jump into action processes. So um, what kind of advice would you give other restoration companies that might have something like this hit their town? You know, the Midwest, they have a tornado hit their town or some sort of cat where they're having to respond to their own community. What kind of advice would you give them to to handle this? It's interesting. You know, we've got a lot of great competitors in Denver um, and we're all friends, right? People might not realize that we compete pretty hard, but we're on the same losses or the same adjusters. So there's a lot of great competitors out here. What happens, unfortunately, what I, what I would say, you're asking, I guess, for the responders or the smaller companies, is be fair, right? Like, we get it, us and our competitors, it's what we do every day. We follow the law, we follow the insurance requirements, we do the right thing. 
one of our things is right things always, but we have competitors that are very similar. Smaller companies, you know, don't try to come in and make all your profit in one of these large events, right? Like do the right thing. It'll help you in the long run, you know, and don't be afraid to just partner up with other people too. We, we've brought in some of our competitors and that are smaller in Denver to help us out in certain areas here. So, you know, my advice is, and I, I said it to someone else earlier in a couple of weeks ago when I was interviewed from a uh, house or homeowner perspective too, you have to vet these people. You have to vet these companies that, oh my gosh, there's a tornado, there's a hurricane and they fly in with a truck and a bunch of floor fans, right? And they just want to make a bunch of money and leave, right? Like yeah. vet who you're working from the, you know, the owner side, from the production side, just do the right thing. You know, you know your business and the good things happen to good people. I know it sounds crazy and cliche, Michelle, but you know, don't try to do something you're not and don't try to take advantage of people in times like this because it, 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 it won't work. No, no, it won't. Perfect. Well, Brian, thank you for your time. I know you have a lot on your plate. Is there anything else that you would add to this conversation that we haven't touched on? No, I think it's good. I think, it, again, it's, you know, it's an industry, unfortunately, that something bad has to happen. Um, but there's some really great companies out there. You know, uh, I love ATI. Obviously, I work here. I've got reasons I have an ATI logo. But like I said before, there's a lot of really good companies in this industry who do things for the right reason. And so, um, my big thing is just know that we all are out there trying to do the right thing. So, um, yeah. you know, pick the best company, check references. I know we'll check out pretty well, but so will some of our competitors. So, yep. Perfect. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your day. For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.